This episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by Movement. You know Movement for how they've revolutionized the watch industry. Now it's time to check out their sunglasses. Movement sunglasses started just $70 with the option to upgrade to polarized if you want. These are high quality, premium acetate frames, no cheap plastic. They have lots of styles to choose from. There's classic, trendy, round, aviator, mirrored, polarized, you name it for him, for her. It's a great time. You're sure to find a perfect pair. Greg and I rocked ours at Kevin's bachelor party and you better believe that Gia and I are about to rock ours in our week in Hawaii. It's going to be awesome. Go check them out and see which ones are for you. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash kinda. That's mvmt.com slash kinda. Join the movement. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 133 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Bonjour! And joining us on this show for the first time, Ryan McCaffrey. Good afternoon, everybody! Yay, Ryan McCaffrey's here! Uh, oh my. We, we've completed the trifecta here. For yeah. the first time ever, we got the Xbox guy. The PlayStation guy, the Nintendo guy. There you go. This there is you fantastic. Go. We're Everything uniting to fight this. PC <laughs> gamers. We're yeah. uniting. It's like the Avengers <laughs> moment of, of spin the, the camera around us. Yeah. Let's go. Very excited about this. This is going to be a very Xbox influenced episode. The topic of the show is Xbox. Yeah. We, we got the man with the we with covering this for a this. long, long yeah. time. You know I'll a lot be, about it. I'll be. It'll be 15 years wow. in the business for me on October 1st, which is just. I, even I think about it, I'm like, man, that long? Yeah. This is like my third Xbox and all, all of the all the Xboxes. Yeah, all of the yeah, 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 yeah. That's wow. awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Oh, man. This is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about video games and all things we love about them. You can get it early by going to patreon.com slash games. How early? You can watch it live along with us. Or you can watch the VOD and MP3, get them early on Fridays. Or if you just want to wait and not pay anything, that's cool too. YouTube.com slash games. It will be there on Mondays. Now, speaking of Patreon, I want to give a shout out to my man Tom Bach, Patreon producer. He makes it happen. Once again, the man making things happen. And also, thank you to all the other supporters. Their names will be here, Kevin. The names will be here. We didn't do it last week because there was a mistake where we couldn't find the names. You, we, you weren't here, Kevin. We were lost without you as always. We love you very much, Kevin. You're the glue. Yeah. Kevin Coelho, the glue that holds it all together. Gluello. I like that a lot. So, Greg, yeah. what you been playing? Oh, I'm trying to think since last time we talked. Not as much as I'd like, obviously. I got the in-laws in town. Mm. I, got, I got the sister-in-law sleeping on the couch, so that you know everything's out there. So a lot of time in the old Switch, Hell which yeah. is why I was pretty stoked when we got Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Yeah. Kevin Coelho clapping in there. Kevin, I have a feeling you've been playing too. Get your mic warm. You're gonna have to talk about sure this too. Have. Get your little get your little cam on there. Uh yeah, you know when it got announced or when it got leaked, I should say. Yes. I I joined the chorus of this looks stupid mainly because I'm not a fan of the Rabbids. Mm -hmm. And when I say I'm not a fan of the rabbits, I just mean based on the commercials from when they started. They always annoyed me. They, mm -hmm. I never gave their mini games a shot, Ryan. I'm not going to, you know Great what I mean? Games. Just don't like, I wouldn't the give them a shot. Great games. Just letting you know. Great. Great games. Great games. Side note, there is a rabbits animated show out of France. Saw it in a, uh, in a doctor's office once with my kid. And I was like, what is it? There's a cart. And, there, and then I'm like, it's all French credits at the end. Sure. So like they must've just syndicated it from yeah. French television. Yeah. 
hilarious. Really? It was really good. They, they announced that at E3 a couple years yeah, it was ago great. during their press conference. I totally haven't paid attention because right. when rabbits come on, I'm out the door because mm. I'm a rabbit racist. Oh <laughs> All my right? God. Okay. Just against rabbits. Yeah, got So it. I'm a racist against rabbits. But you, you can with rabbits? Rabbits I'm fine with. The rabbits are no, no. No. Okay. And just, so just, again, to be clear, on, the only race I don't like, rabbits. Cool. Okay. But we're going to call myself a rabbit racist. Now cool. you just put that on my business cards from here on out. If you're racist to anyone, I think you still qualify as a racist. So I, I mean, you want to be supporting that, but well, you know. I mean, rabid racist sounds pretty terrible on its own too. That true, was the true. joke with the real joke. Anyways, uh, but the, however, when we saw the gameplay at E3, I was like, I don't want to follow this Roomba around. That looks dumb. Oh, it's XCOM. Very interesting. Then Kevin and I went to the preview event, did a let's play, of course, uh, and really enjoyed what we played. Uh, so to jump into the version here, I'm still inside the first hour because I just haven't had time to commit to playing it, but. I'm in. I'm enjoying it. I want to play more of it. I'm excited. We're going to GameSpot or GameStop Expo uh, yeah. this weekend. I'm excited for the plane ride to actually have this to play. Yeah, me too. I haven't played at all. Yeah, so. it's well, living I'm up. I've played the, the events, but I haven't played the version we have now. Brian, I mean, like, what's your? your yeah, you've been playing it too. Same boat. I, I just did the first probably 30 minutes, yeah. and then uh, ended up going to bed a little early last night. But I was just, I was just like, yeah, I totally. I was I was brought to it out of just curiosity. Sure. What is this? Uh, I did really love Full Spectrum Warrior back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. I know it, the XCOM comparison's better, but for... It's just more timely, the, I think. Mean, <laughs> more the, people the X, are familiar. The Xbox references are starting now. Let's go. Uh, Full Spectrum <laughs> Warrior, which was this military sim that was actually built for the army and, and then turned into a game by THQ, where it's the same thing. You're just... It was literally all you're doing is moving and positioning your guys to not to flank and not get flanked and killed. And yeah, it's like, how is this going to work in the Mario universe? And... I am intrigued so far. Yeah. I like the the humor. How you're going into like the the rabid pipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's yeah. There's there's enough there to to have me going. I'm gonna keep playing this and see okay. where it goes. Yeah, for me, I think the only thing in the first 30, 45 minutes I've been playing is just like I'm still there where I'm like I don't really want to explore the world, the Roomba thing, and it's like opening up new areas. Getting you have to get shot. Have you started it? No, I mean Tim, I've only oh, done the last place. So you're doing the open or the the overworld stuff of going through, finding the room, but find, finding the next battle. They're still teaching you the enemy, so I know it's very tutorial. It's, yeah. it's world one, you know, dash whatever I'm on. Uh, but like, I'm just like, okay, let's get. I want to I want to fight more, but I'm, I also don't know if that's just because I played so much. Kevin, are you in the same boat as somebody? Who, you know, we did the preview event and has seen some. Yeah, stuff? Yeah, 100. percent So I'm like, it's it's you're going through the little tutorials and you're just like, oh, all right, yeah, we get it. There's, I understand the system. I played a little bit. But Let here's my thing. Do you think we're doing that, Kevin, because we've played a little bit already? If you can't, I, no, yeah, yeah. I are you annoyed so. at all by like, I just want to, just, just let me go. Let me battle. No, because okay. I know I need to, I'm going to need to learn it. Yeah. Like, all right. So I, I appreciate, I know there's, there are going to be layers to this thing. So I'm, I'm on board with it for now. If, but there's always that tough to define line of if a tutorial drags on too long. Yeah. It just gets annoying, but. I'm still I think in a happy place. I think it's just the number one that I like XCOM, so I kind of already have a grasp of the mechanics. Number two, I already went to the preview event, and I hate, that's always the downside of this job. That right. You play a game, oh, you get to play three hours of this game? Great, <laughs> that's three hours I have to repeat. Yeah. The, the highest praise I can give it is I really can't wait to get to this flight, to have committed time of just playing it and having put my headphones on, sit down and play, and not be distracted by having to run around yeah. and take care of these French-speaking people. The biggest issue I had uh, with uh, when I played the game was the the more exploration shit, where you got from in between levels, where yeah. you get into the, the actual battles is that as annoying as it 
seem to me. I mean, again, I, I'm just like, I think it's because I know I have limited amounts of time to play every day where I'm like, oh, I want to go into the battles and get into the systems and do all that stuff. I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but it's first blush. I'm like, all right, let's go. But I think when we actually get in there and you actually go, it's going to be fine because it is actually interesting of you fight that you run. Th- it, the problem, I think, with the overworld right now is that it's too simple. Yeah. Is it is all right? Wander around. All right, you stepped on this. You went through this pipe and you came on this other end. You stepped on this switch. Open the gate over there. So go back through the pipe and come back over and backtrack back to there to go and hit that button. It's like all right. Well, I just want to go. I mean, it's a hell of a design yeah. challenge, right? You got to because you got to think it's people that are used to playing Mario, all mm. ages, all stripes, and you got to lure them in and teach them and hold their hand through a a turn-based strategy game. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. an easy proposition for a game designer, for sure. Yeah. But I'm into it. Are the rabbits getting in your way? No. I actually, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, and, and the, it, like, when we were playing co-op, Kevin and I, you know, the, they all have different classes where, like, Luigi's a sniper, and then there's the, you know, the Mario rabbit is a tank, and it was like, oh, that's interesting to get into. But then in the cutscenes, it's it was like, Okay, cool. They're getting sucked in. How does this all happen? How, oh, this vortex pulls everybody together and does. All right, and I'm like watching them. They're not being annoying. They are being funny. The, you know, them interacting with Peach for the first time. I was like, oh, that's actually yeah. that's pretty cute. That's fun. Kev, mm-hmm. you think you're gonna sink a lot of time into this game? Yeah, I'm playing it right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Hold up your switch. Uh, yeah, it's right here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, I think I'm really gonna enjoy it. Right now, I'm only an hour in. I started uh, today, this morning. I started playing. Um, and like I'm not a fan of walking around trying to open up the like the. But I think it's gonna get better. I hope so. Check I in so. for Games Cast next week, and we'll I see. Will. I will. Well, I will. Well, no, you'll be here. I'm talking to the viewer, not you. I, just, I don't want to make it sound like we're pooping all over. Thing. We sound pretty down on it right now, but we're we're just not. No, about I mean, yeah, we're talking thing. about I, the battle mechanics. Are you having a blast? Oh with my that god, yeah, yep. totally. I mean, again, it's the same thing. All right, I've done this battle before. I want to do this, but it is the th- same thing. Of I love this kind of gameplay, and I think it's. Something about it, whether it is the Mario Rabbids, I think it's starting you off holding your hand more than I think XCOM did. Because even in XCOM, you die right away. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so, like, I'm enjoying that more than, you know, the deep end that XCOM always was. Do you guys see this game reviewing really well? I think it's pretty good. My hunch, my spidey sense tells me it's going to be across the board. You're going to get the, you're going to get sort of the XCOM background people that are that are either going to, I think some of them even, will super love it because they're like, oh, it's a Mario game that's got XCOM stuff in it. And then you'll probably get other diehard PC XCOM guys that that are like, oh, it's kind of a dumb, you know, if it turns out that way. I don't know how hardcore the game's going to get, but I, I, I think it's just going to go, it's going to run the gamut on this Interesting. one. Interesting. I think, yeah, you're going to see, I would think, I think you're going to be right around, for most people, 7.5 to 8. I think that'll mm. be the range of where people are. And I, I think that goes in front of eight, obviously. I guess median, I'm saying, would be an eight somewhere in there when you actually break it down to scores and things like that. That's what I would think. Based on what we played at the preview event when we did co-op and then when we got to try harder levels when it does get like dudes are coming at you with shields and stuff and Kevin and I just got the floor wiped with us. I mean, sink or swim, I am. I just appreciate that this game exists. 100%. Because like it's, there's no basis. Most publishers, like, I have to think, Microsoft and Sony never would have allowed like there'd never be a Halo Rabbids Master Chief plus Rabbids <laughs> happening there'd never be a you know a, a an Ellie Nathan Drake <laughs> Ellie or Drake yeah, yeah, yeah. meets Rabbids it's not happening yeah so kudos to Nintendo and then and Ubisoft for you know just embracing it and yeah and it taking it into somewhere where it isn't just alright cool like it isn't like remember when it originally got announced it was like 
why isn't it Rayman? Why isn't it a Rayman Mario platformer? And like, well, because it's not a platformer at all. It's these guys who don't exist and neither of them use this genre ever. And we're going to put yeah. them into it and do something actually cool and different and fun and bring this genre to people that I don't even, I mean, uh, did you ever care about X- XCOM? Like I did, but it was like, even when I first started caring about XCOM when somebody grabbed me, I think it was Jake Solomon was like, you got to play it. Yeah. I was like, oh, right. This is cool. But it was somebody needed to drag me to it. It wasn't like mm. everybody loves XCOM. And go figure that the uh, XCOM expansion and Mario plus rabbits are about both out on the same day. Yeah. Same day. What are the oh, odds? Man. Wow. You've been playing anything else or is that it? No, I mean, we did Uncharted, but I mean, we've talked we the talked year off about, about that, that yeah. now that we get that embargo up. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, for me, it was just Uncharted and then uh, way more Sonic Mania. Oh. I'm on my like third, I think third full playthrough. I love that game. So, so you're saying you're a big Sonic Mania fan? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I am a, a maniac. As they're called. That's in that's, the biz. that's terrible. In the biz, the Ryan, sonic what, what cycle is broken. It is broken. It's broken. It's broken. Let's rejoice. Have you played it at all? Only at a couple of preview events, and man, it felt good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so good. What have you been playing? Uh, besides just getting warmed up with uh, with Mario and Rabbids, kind of been laying a little low mostly because what is this? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm just oh, waiting. Oh snap! There's they shifted big, to my house by a big mistake. Statue. <laughs> But uh, I reviewed Telltale Batman Season 2, Episode Ooh. 1. Really enjoyed this yes. first season. Yeah. I love the, the, the paradigm flipping that yeah, went yeah, on. Yeah. And that, they keep right on rolling with that uh, so far in the first, first episode of Season 2. And I was really, really happy with Season yeah. uh, Season 1 I loved. Yeah. And then Season 2, or it's to start, the start of Season 2 I think is great. Yeah, and there, there are, it, it is clear there are going to be more horrible permanent consequences yeah. to... Like very important people in the Batman universe, and I love that. Yeah, and and I also love that it's an you know an R rated or I guess in this case it's a game M M rated Batman because we just don't get that. Yeah, you know and, you don't and see that, death and killing and blood yeah, I mean, like this. And not that Batman needs that to be great. I mean, look no further than the animated series, but it's it's nice to see a real real dark take uh, that's not afraid to pull any punches or gouge out any eyeballs or anything like and that. And that's the thing. What I, what I love the most about it is the fact that it really is telltale and DC embracing. This is your own universe. Do whatever yeah. you, you meet. Like season one was great about that where you met people and then, Oh, I know who you're, what you, who you are and who to trust and why to do this and then have them flip that on that head and be like, you didn't know this person the way you thought you did. Yeah. And so now as they introduce people in this one, it is the whole thing of like, you know, and I don't, this isn't a spoiler, but Amanda Waller pops up in the game, right? Yes. And it is that thing of like my knee jerk reaction is she's going to be a horrible person. I shouldn't trust her. And then it's it's like, but is she like, I mean, like mm. she's, you know, not, it doesn't appear she's doing the same thing she's always done before. She right. kind of is, but maybe she isn't, but I think she might. And like, I am guessing as a DC fan playing through it. Right. And like, yeah, I mean, what I liked most about, I mean, this is, this is kind of also a criticism, but I actually mean it as a compliment. The whole, the first episode is called uh, Enigma because it's about the Riddler. Yeah. And the Riddler is the least interesting character in the episode mm. which i guess you know it's kind of a backhanded thing there like he's not terrible but it's the fact that all the other peripheral characters in in episode 1 of the second season are so interesting that that's what that's what keeps the episode going and this was a longer episode this was a good two maybe even like 2 hour 20 exactly. minutes exactly yeah more which than is 2 hours by telltale standards yeah, yeah. Uh, these days so yeah, looking forward to keeping that rolling, and then and that, that's why I'm so excited. They already announced, you know, a September release date yes. for the episode two. Like they have a pipeline gone. They're teasing Harley Quinn. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I I'd sworn off playing Telltale games uh, until they're totally out, but uh, Batman Dan, got you. Dan, no, Dan Stapleton needed yeah. a reviewer, and it's just like. <laughs> 
all right, I'll do it. Even though, because I, I, I ended up binging ep, uh, season one and I played one episode a night for yeah, five yeah. nights and that was, I had a great time doing it that way. So uh, hopefully Telltale will not burn me on this one and leave me hanging for two months like they did with uh, with uh, Tales from the Borderlands. That that was the deal breaker. I was like, forget it. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Now here I am. But <laughs> I guess it's it's a job hazard. I can't really complain. Yeah, yeah this so one like, you, you got to serve your country. I got to play it for my job. <laughs> 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 now it is time for this week in gaming history. Now, here's the thing, Greg, yeah. that I didn't expect to happen. Sure. But when we started doing this segment, it was, I don't know, what, July, maybe? Sure. Or late June? Yeah. And not too many games come out during those months. Now that we're in August, there's a shit ton. A lot of things have happened. A lot history. of things have happened. A lot of history has been made. As we get into November, this is going to be even more. Sure. But you know what? We'll just talk about more of that. Sure, okay. People like it. I mean, so you can pa- you can. This is what you know. People are worried about what's going to happen next year when mm. you have to do it. You, I mean, you can just start parsing. Yeah, but I'm no, not, that's not that's the Tim Gettys way. Tim I wants to give it all to you. you <laughs> I, yeah, I need to then think about what did I do last year. I don't want that. I hope point. you got that Bioshock 10th anniversary on your list. Of course, it's on the list. One year ago, on August 23rd, 2016, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided came out on Xbox 360, PS3, and PC. And six years ago, on August 23rd, 2011. Wait, that would have been PS4. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Yes. This gen. I'm messing yeah, this well. up because I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> Both Deus Ex games came out on the same day. Really? Oh, really? Five I didn't know that. Yeah, on August 23rd, 2011, and then 2016. So okay. yeah, the first one, man, or Human Revolution on Xbox 360, PS3, PC. Yes. Then the next one on PS4. And, and Nick Scarpino one. rejoiced both times. Yeah, both times. So happy. Yeah. Were you a big Deus Ex guy? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, the original, the War Inspector original is probably a top five all-time game for me. Uh, and then Invisible War, not, not as great, although I think better than people... Than, than history has given it credit for. And then, I mean, what are the odds that Deus Ex could get rebooted and turn out well? Yeah. But Human Revolution was excellent. It really got to the core of what, Deus, what made Deus Ex good. And, uh, a lot of choices, a lot yeah. of customization. You'd be and, your own guy. Right. And Mankind Divided, totally worthy sequel. Uh, and it's a shame that it uh, seemingly didn't do so well, and we're probably not going to see it for a while, because word on the street is those guys are on the uh, the Marvel, the Avengers, Avengers game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Five years ago, on August 22nd, 2012, Counter-Strike Global Offensive came out on Xbox 360, PS3, and PC. And this is a weird one because, you know, I'm, I don't know your full history, but when it comes to us, we're definite console guys. Counter-Strike never been the huge hit on the consoles. Right. Good enough. Yep. There was the, the Xbox port that totally yep. changed Alfredo's life and got him into <laughs> to all that stuff. Um, but like Counter-Strike 1.6 on PC and uh, even when Source came out, those were huge games. But Global Offensive... To me, I would say, oh, it came and went. But then you still see it. One of the top selling games every month and one of the most played games every month in the esports community for it is absolutely as big, if not bigger, than it's ever been. Some of the longest legs you'll ever see on a game. And it's the same game. Yeah. Just again still going different, yeah different graphics but man you, good you, for you you just taught me I was like I was like I've never heard anybody I only hear them talk about Counter-Strike Go. Oh, there you go. Though. I yeah. know. Yeah, I yeah. know. Global I just put it together. Counter Strike. The amount CS of times go. I've had to listen to Sean Finnegan fucking talk about CSGO, mm-hmm. I just always thought it was Counter Strike Go. And I was like, all right, you dork, get out of here. It's, it's, it's like it, Pokemon it's Go. A, it's not a, a, a Square Enix Montreal game. Yeah. Then we got eight years ago, which seems like forever. On Although I would love to see. It would, it would work out pretty well, right? That, I would love to see that. 
On uh, eight years ago, on August 25th, 2009, Batman Arkham Asylum came out on wow. PS3 and Xbox 360. Changing the game for what we thought of a licensed game. Yeah, and uh, now will everybody just fucking listen and do the same thing? Just I'm do so sad. The fact that finally, people don't do that. Else. Batman finally got his video game due. Right. After, after so, so many, many years. bad ones. All the Sunsoft games and everything else. Now yeah. Spider Man. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, next one. I. it's so weird to look at the timeline of that because I'll never forget. Leaving the IGN demo room when Rocksteady came through to show that the first time, and it was me and Anthony Gaius, and he was seen it for GameSpy, and we walked out, and he was just like, "That was uh, that was something that looked cool, right?" And I'm like, "I don't know," because they <laughs> showed us yourself. they showed us the you know invisible predator thing where you're going around taking guys out, yeah. and then jump you to here's how our combat free flow combat works, and you're like, "How the fuck do these things match up match up at all?" Because it's you doing crazy stuff and then you doing that like what is the balance of that how is that actually going to be and uh I, when it finally hit and it was awesome and then uh arkham city came out and it was awesome it was that thing of man like this is going this is changing licensed games now yeah. everyone's going to see how to do this and it's taken everyone so long to, like to see marvel finally being finally like, doing get it. their games it's back so and but uh I just want to point out that the same year that Arkham Asylum came out, Transformers War for Cybertron came out, and that game was way better than it had any right to be. Like It was on the level of this just for Transformers, not for Batman. And then the sequel is just as good, too, with Fall of Cybertron. But yeah. those are two licensed things that then they nailed it there, and then it just kind of fell flat after that. They yeah. got Activisioned. Yeah. No, yeah, that's exactly. what happened. Yeah, exactly. High moon. Um then here we go. Ten years ago, on August twenty first, two thousand seven, Bioshock came out on Xbox three sixty and PC. Um, they just announced that fancy collector's edition. Yep, yeah. so, ten year anniversary. Get that. You get, you get Bioshock statue. two. You get Infinite. You get the statue. Yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. party at PAX brought to you by IGN. There's a little plug oh, nice. there. Very nice. Uh, do you have fond memories, Tim, of Bioshock? Did Bioshock, you ever play that? I had game that memories. I was. I didn't have a three sixty, and yeah. uh, it didn't come out on PS three for a couple of years. Yeah, I year, say, like two one or two years. years. I don't yeah. remember which. And uh, I played it on PS3 after, and it was, it's a very interesting game to have played after the hype. So I already knew it was amazing. Everyone had talked about you it didn't being get it this spoiled amazing for thing. It, though, did, you? did not get it Good. spoiled. Good. I managed to do that, but without having those people to talk about it right then, it was a different experience for me, and I, I, I loved it, but I feel like I didn't get that magic sense of watching Game of Thrones when everyone else is watching Game of Thrones, you know? Mm, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there's an extra level of like just perfection that comes when there's the discussion to be had yeah. and no one wanted to talk to me about it after I beat it. So see, even uh, I was late to it too. Cause I remember I played it in October. Like it was, so I had held off a while as well to actually get to it based on 10 years. So by the time I got to it, it wasn't spoiled for me, but it was already people saying this is an amazing game. And you played it and it was like, Oh, this is, this was great. And then you, is, I reflect on it years and months or weeks and months and everything else. I mean, my thing is it is such a special game that, Thinking back on it, I'm like, I can't believe it happened. Like mm, the mm. the amount of thought put into that game from a like not even just storytelling perspective, but just production standpoint, and it's it reminds me a lot of Metroid Prime. Uh, <laughs> I love it when things work when out it like actually it winds um, up. <laughs> but but yeah, it reminds me of where it's just the the atmosphere tells such a good story. But I feel like Bioshock went the extra mile oh, where yeah. the gameplay was fun and the story was actually really 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 good. Yeah, Ken Levine had always been super respected, but that was that was probably the 
I don't think I don't think there's any argument that, that was the game that really sort of sent him oh, into yeah, the Oh yeah, 100%. Into he the became a yeah. household name yeah, for I mean, video games. You know, yeah. Irrational they'd done, of course, System Shock 2, which is another one of my probably top 10 all fi- all-time favorite games. Uh they did um uh what the heck was the name of it? The the superhero-y thing. Who? Irrational. They did the superhero thing? Yeah. If not not Freedom Freedom Fighters was the IO thing. Oh, I'm going to get I'm going to kill myself for not remembering the same. But then uh, Kevin Google that. SWAT 4? Yeah. Uh which Irrational was Irrational Games. Which was a like a first person Unreal Engine kind of like a, almost a precursor to to uh like Rainbow Six Siege. It was that sort hmm. of similar kind of super tactical realistic thing. So that was great. Um yeah, Canada always done great stuff, but that was for sure the game. Here we go. That put him up. Freedom. Uh, that was what I say. Yeah, Freedom Force. Mm. Now I'm not sure what the hell the there was an IO Interactive game too called. Oh, maybe that was Freedom Fighters. Mm-hmm. Ah, there you there go. You that's go. That, Thank that's you. it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Bioshock. Good studio. Amazing. Bioshock took it to the next level. Yeah. 14 years ago, on August 26, 2003, F Zero GX came out on GameCube. The last amazing F Zero game and the best F Zero game, I think, by a long shot. You guys played it at all? I actually didn't. I had a GameCube, but no. You missed out, man. No, I'm uh, I'm OG F Zero oh, on the, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're gonna need to talk about this. Did you just call it the Super NES? He did. He did say that. Whatever. You've walked there. No, there's there's been an argument all week. I know. About I was okay. siding with you, but I'm just um I'm off. I meant just. <laughs> we just had a conversation about no one calling it the NES, so you right. wouldn't call it the SNES. But then you called it the Super NES, which is combining <laughs> acronym or just saying it. I appreciate that. It's a whole other level of fuck it's a, you. It's a new ball game. Everybody. It's a I'm new ball game. Now on Super NES, deal with it. Um, but no, uh, F Zero was, and we were just F Zero's uh, SNES version that came out uh, at the launch. We talked about it, I think last week, and it blew my mind to remember that the game yeah. didn't have multiplayer. Wow, I would never even have thought that. I yeah. would have assumed in my head that it did. So that's crazy, uh, but F-Zero GX was so fun, and like F-Zero is about going fast, and it looked and felt so fast on the GameCube, and it was amazing. The story mode was hard as fuck. It is one of the games that I want most on Virtual Console on the Switch. I would love for that to happen. I really hope that it does, because uh, F-Zero probably doesn't have much hope otherwise. Greg. I remember walking into EB. I pre-ordered this, and I remember counting down the days to get it. Sure. That and uh, Soul, Cal- Soul Calibur 2 came out very... With Link in time. With Link, yes. God, that was amazing. And then also on GameCube, 15 years ago on August 25th, 2001, Super Mario Sunshine came out on GameCube. Stop. Mario Sunshine is an amazing game. It's just not Mario 64. That's the. It is amazing. It is a 9 out of 10. It's same just old stuff over and over and over again. That's what it is. Same fun Stop. stuff, though. No. Fun, fun stuff. Flood. What is The this worst thing about Mario Sunshine is. These are a couple things. But the lack of amount of levels. Yep. The uh, level design in one level with the pachinko machine, because that's horrible with the camera, and the blue coins. That was padding in the game for sure. Otherwise, that game's fan. Mm-hmm. What I love most about that about Sunshine was it, it actually just felt summery to me, just between the music That's true. And, the, That's and, true. The, and the art direction and the I, I just it was such a just it just put a smile on my face. It was just an enjoyable, fun thing where it just felt like a vacation. <laughs> that game. I love it so much. 
that's what I'm. I would love to see that brought yeah. back for yeah. VC on this. I'll pay good money for that. Yep. It'd be interesting because I just haven't played it since launch. Yeah. And I just Play, remember being it with underwhelmed. Twin sticks now would be nice. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. pro controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that. Give me that. Let's make it happen. They won't do it. They won't do it. Going back a little further, Wait for that 17. Exactly. Where is any of this virtual console? It's such a weird thing. Where is it? Uh, 17 years ago on August 23rd, 2000, Power Stone 2 came out on Dreamcast. You guys play that? No. 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 Not a Dreamcast guy. Uh, I, was I wasn't a Dreamcast guy either, but uh, I played in arcade all the time because at the round table near my, my house, they had that. And we would go and just every weekend just play. Yeah. My dude Jack run around the ground. It's fucking awesome. I wish that there was more games that would mimic the style of Power Stone. It's like, it's the same thing with Smash Bros. Where I'm like, why aren't there more Smash Bros. clones? Like, and we always talk about PlayStation Battle Royale where it's like, it was We'll close, go 95% of the like, way, but not that Final you, 5. You should have copied more. And <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Yeah. And there's a bunch of indie games out. Brawlhalla like, people well, like. Brawlhalla. Yeah. And then there's uh, a couple other ones. Let us know in the comments. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, that are the more indie sided things. But it's just like with Power Stone, the, it's essentially Smash Brothers, but in 3D. So you're just like running around in these little uh, arenas, and it was just so much fun to play, so satisfying. And it's it's definitely a one more match type of multiplayer mm-hmm. game. And in that era, that defined that whole thing. Uh, going back way farther, 20 years ago, on August 25th, 1997, GoldenEye 007. Wow. Came out on NCAA. Game changer right there. The game changer. The first first-person shooter that mattered on consoles. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, like, I think it definitely legitimized it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and especially in a multiplayer way. Oh yeah, like that four-player experience on that. Like, come on. Were you not too young for that? No. Okay. I didn't have it, but my cousin did, and then it just turned into okay, we're playing at my cousin's house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of. I eventually got it, but yeah, I, I didn't own it until a couple years later. Sure. But at that point, like video games, you didn't need to own them. As long if when I was eight years old, as long as you had friends that had them. Well, that was the best part about GoldenEye, right? And I mean, that was the best part about the NES for me personally is that, I mean, I had always been the video game person in our group of friends. My uh, other friends liked video games, but you know, like Poe, who I always talk about, he didn't own a console till PS2. And that was after I had had a PS2 for quite a while. And so to go to high school, find another group of people who liked video games, like I liked video games and then like to go to their house for the first time and play double you know goldeneye there and have it with that that then became every fucking weekend mike's mom picks us up from school we go back to his house we all go to cernix pizza we come back and play till three in the morning wake up and do it at saturday and then do it all of sunday so you go go home yeah it's so funny that it, the game just does not hold up now yeah at all when you're playing on an n64 sure. controller like just our brains are so wired now to have the the dual sticks. Sure. That man having to hit R to aim and move. It's like yeah, oh, what it's yeah. Ninety seven. I was already we'd done Doom. I was on the Quake at that point because yeah, I I actually missed the sixty four entirely because oh, wow. I'd gone. I had you know I I ran the gamut of uh, of consoles when I was a kid. Never had more than one at a time. Mom always said, oh, you know, okay. I, I was, we were not you know, we were as middle class as it got. So had my NES to start with. Had to trade that and all the games in to get the next thing, and eventually worked my way. Uh, the last console that I had before a long drought, thanks to, and it was Doom. Doom was the game where I was just like, "Oh, we need a com- mom and dad. We need a computer. Yeah, this is it." Uh, I had a Jaguar. That was my last oh, console. Oh wow! Oh, that was for about five bang. minutes. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. So I I missed GoldenEye entirely. Like wow. I I respect its its legacy and its history, sure. but but yeah, like. I would be if I sat down to play it. I would 
I would not have any appreciation for it. Like, I'd just be like, oh, what's, what the hell? It's totally that thing where we all think so fondly on it. And like, I have so many memories of that. And to go back and whenever you try to pick it up, it's just like, wait, I'm moving with the D pad and like just <laughs> moving the stick here. Isn't that how it is? Because it's a broken ass system. I remember when you actually pick it up. You don't move now. with the D pad. You don't, as you do, you no. move with the stick, but so, how do you aim with. I remember being totally. F- when I went back, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I was like, this is totally The foreign. functionality <laughs> of it is moving the, the stick. Uh-huh. Up or down yeah. is the equivalent to your left stick up or down. Okay. But moving it left or right is the equivalent to your right stick left or right. Yeah. And, and then, then you, strafing is when on. you hold R yeah, yeah, yeah. and do it. Okay. And do or you, uh, aiming. You then also hold R to do the other. And do you strafe with the C buttons? <laughs> yes. Oh, Rare worked with the tools they had. Totally, yeah. and that was the thing. You know, I mean, like it. I don't. I'm not insulting no, it. And no. then a little known thing about Goldeneye. Plug the second you can one plug in. Two in, and you could play like we think of. You think of, yeah, shooters. exactly, exactly. So that is very. Cool. I guarantee that was a dev trick where they were like, "God damn it! Oh, I know what I can do," and yeah. then they just shipped it. Yeah. Uh, 27 <laughs> years ago, on August 24th, 1990, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker <laughs> came out on the Sega Genesis. Hell yeah! Did you own this game? Greg? I did own Moonwalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. What a game. Um, yeah, exactly. What a game for sure. One of the, the few Sega Genesis games my friend had. He had the Sonic games and he had Moonwalker. And I remember playing it and just being like, what is going what on? What is going on? Is Michael Jackson <laughs> going around saving these little little girls yep. that every time you get them, it'd be the same like shitty voice sound, like MIDI sound. Michael! And it's like, this is inappropriate now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Everything about this is wrong. But the game's funny because I, I, we beat it. Like I remember oh, it, wow. we, it was one of those things where we spent a weekend we're like taking turns controlling back and forth and uh the first level is smooth criminal and it like it's based off the music video the song's playing like a shitty version of the song mini playing. version right yeah and uh you play and it's like oh okay whatever then the next level i think was beat it and you go through that music video then it turns to thriller where you defeat the bad guys by making the zombies dance with you and then they just explode but then i remember this point in the game where they stop basing it off the music videos. I think it's around the Billy Jean level where <laughs> then all of a sudden there'd just be like monsters and zombies and like army men coming at you. And it's like the Michael Jackson you're, extended like universe. You're in, you're in a cave. And I'm just like, why did they copy the music videos for so much of this? And then just turn it into like a fucking, it's a video they need game. more levels. And then the, the nobody's <laughs> supposed to get that far. Tim. Like towards, towards the end. All I remember is being in the pool hall with That's the, the first level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, based off the video. Um, but then towards the end of the game, there's a point where a shooting star comes down and hits Michael and he turns into a robot. <laughs> Kids love robots. the final boss as a robot. And it's just like, God bless you, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Because that's all video games could be. Yeah. That's all they could be at that time. Just Tie don't. you in to remind you of Michael Jackson music videos and then whatever. His monkey. What was his name? Bubbles. Bubbles. Bubbles the champion. Yeah. He would join you for some levels. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Well, I mean, everybody loves the chimp. Oh, my good Lord. Um, and also, there's a bunch of sonic sound effects in it. Like it, the Save whole money game, where you can. It starts yeah, off with not? him flicking a coin into a, a jukebox to start the music, which is kind of cool. But it's the ring sound from Sonic. It's, yeah. It's so weird. It's a callback. See, now you, you say that now, but you fucking Wasn't all... there an urban legend that was proven true that like he did the soundtrack for Sonic 3 or he something? He composed three songs in Sonic 3. Thank you. Okay. And it, they, were n- they weren't finished, but then he laid out the groundwork for it. And when you listen, you're, I mean, the Sonic soundtrack's always been amazing, yeah. but yeah, it's like, oh no, this is Michael Jackson, <laughs> which is really fucking weird. And that's the reason Sonic 3 has so many licensing issues, and that's why 1 and 2 wow. are, are ported so much, and 3 is always left out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then, finally, 30 years ago, on August 22nd, 1987, The Legend of Zelda <sighs> came out on the NES. 30 years. 
You an old man, Link. That gold cartridge. Oh, it's beautiful. So beautiful. Um, and now it's time for the topic of the show, which is God, stop, stop. the state of Xbox. Sure. I feel like we've been talking so much shit recently. Not shit. Uh, just, you know, critical and that's a better way to put it, I would think. Yeah, yeah, kind of funny games daily. I feel the last two weeks has been dominated by. It started with, it would be an episode with you and me, and we were talking about this and, and that. This is the other, and we started talking about Xbox One X pre-orders getting ready to go. Yep. And it was that thing of like, are you excited for it, audience? Because like we're you know very vocal about it. we're in PlayStation and Nintendo camps, and that's what our ecosystems are. Not that we're fanboys, right? And so like, what about you? And then the Gamescom stuff happens, and the Gamescom stuff like the real assholes about it want to be like ah it's reheated e3 stuff and it's like well there's other things there where does everybody and so like it's been a constant stream of this is why i am getting a pre-order this is why i'm not getting a pre-order and like today we did one again where it was like this guy wrote in with a very long letter of like here's why i'm in the xbox camp and continue to be and mm-hmm. last week there had been one of like i believe in the message uh phil's pitching like mm-hmm. the, of like what this is going to be yeah. and uh, andrew and i on our episode as well like there was a whole bunch of stuff about it and, and we got into it too so we wanted to bring you on please to kind of get a, a much more educated uh version of your perspective as an xbox fan there are a ton of questions we got from fans so i'm gonna start off with the one that you're talking about sure. from today this is from i am the walrus he says hey guys just wanted to write in uh, as a Xbox guy and a guy who follows the news more these days and has time to play games listening to, how, to the show yesterday and over the last few weeks there's been all this talk of lack of exclusives for the Xbox and how Microsoft is failing too far behind this generation I have a three part question one isn't someone always going to be second there's no way around that Microsoft seems happy to, with their business model so isn't that okay why is being number one all that matters two I for one love what they're what they've been doing and don't have sorry this is like the words are a little weird here uh i've well, i love what they've been doing and don't have time to play everything anyways all the player first and quality of life things they've been doing is what keeps me coming back there will always be games to play isn't that a good enough reason to be brand loyal three how how has what are you trying to say here talk to me what do you as, mean walrus as far as the xbox one x goes everyone talks about this as not for them or i don't get who it's for or i will wait for the xbox two if that came out as said this is the future everything from now on is truly the phone model everything is always go to the compatibility until games are too big to run i really should have copied to check this first uh and every couple years you get something a little different what does that convert conversation sound like on your show and how different would you feel about it than you do now thanks have a great day so ryan you put up a great op-ed the other day on IGN that I've been talking a lot about on the the daily the games daily show about this and the fact of what you would do if you were to come in and run Xbox right now no strings attached it was yeah it was a fantasy exactly 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 what for you right now is the state of Xbox I mean it's so I think that there's some great points from uh, Sir Walrus in there and that is you know you, you go back Microsoft is making plenty of money they are, yeah, they're second place, but they're actually, you know, relative to the 360, they're doing great. It just so happens that their competitor is effectively historically great right now, mm-hmm. which makes it look worse. We also, if you rewind 12 years to the, or 11 years to the 360 PS3 generation, social media is nowhere near, I mean, it basically doesn't exist. So now every little thing is amplified and hot taken and, and so there, there's there's always everybody's got to have their their two cents. Uh, so 
bearing all that in mind, like, yeah, Xbox is doing fine. The the thing I think that uh, is that they have trouble with is they're they're still always not quite clear enough about like what is the direction? Where are they going? What what it, what are their goals? Right? Like, is there is their goal to be a just user friendly box that plays third party games well and you know, yeah, you're good. All right, we'll get our first party game, our Halo and our Gears and our Forza, and we're fine with that. Or is, you know, are they striving for more than that and they're just in a, in a rough patch right now? And it's, and I think the truth's probably somewhere in between. Like, I'm sure they're not, I don't think Phil Spencer is, is sitting there in meetings with Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, going, oh, man, we're in second. I don't know what to do, man. We're, I don't know how to catch up. It's like, no, we're, they're looking at their books going, Xbox business is in pretty good shape. This is great. It's, but at the same time, you know, the, Phil, I, I think I referenced this in my, in my op-ed. Uh, Phil said when he first took over as head of Xbox, like I asked him point blank on the phone and it made it into the articles, should, do you want to win? Do you want to beat Sony? And it's like, yeah, our goal is to beat, which I mean, I guess he kind of has to say that. Maybe I'm taking him a little too literally, but it is a business, and I guess what the long term of it is is the mindshare. Like Sony has all the mindshare right mm. now. Uh, not again, not not to speak ill of Xbox, but when you think of where am I playing Call of Duty? Where am I playing Destiny? Where am I playing exclusive games that I can't get anywhere else? You are thinking of PS4, and Sony has totally earned that. You know, they. I, I do think you know a lot of people are like, oh well, how come Sony doesn't? get any shit for, you know, like when they had no first party output at the beginning of the generation. I actually agree with that. I think Sony didn't catch enough shit for their first party output early in the generation. Uh, their games were either bad or they Delayed. just had nothing. I mean, you've t- that's a great point because it was the fact that we got up to those first two or three holidays, right? And it was like, holy shit, that, uh, you know, the order's been pushed. Oh yeah. my God, this got pushed. They have no holiday game. They have no holiday game. But then the story became, oh my God, they don't need one. Oh my God, what a business strategy they have. They're relying on third parties and then putting their stuff out. And that's true. Like when you, you know, Xbox was was doing these marketing deals with, with Call of Duty and with other games last generation. But this generation, Sony has been the one that's been more aggressive to say, hey, I'm going to go out and do this. And Phil has said, eh, you know, I'm not interested in that. I mean, maybe it should be. I yeah. don't know what the financials are. I, I presume, for all I know, it's not financially viable for or financially smart for Sony to make those marketing deals, but maybe they just figure the trade-off in mind share that they gain is worth it. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have access to their books, but, and people say, oh, so, well, Sony had a huge first-party drought at the beginning of this generation. Why is Xbox catching all the shit for it now? Uh, and it's number one is because, yes, they had that, they had the, the DLC, they had the content, they had the alignment with those major first-party franchises. That does help. That does matter, especially for the casual buyer who's coming in in the start of a new generation, oh, which one should I buy? Oh, like, oh, this, all the Destiny DLC is over on PlayStation. Maybe yeah. I should go over there. But then the other part of it is Sony didn't catch as much shit th- then as Microsoft is now because we're four years into the generation. It's one thing to have uh, a slow start to your first party output at the beginning of a generation when you're, you're ramping up all your studios on new tech. 
to have it happen four years in when you should be firing on all cylinders, your fans that paid, in a lot of cases, $500 for your day one console, that's frustrating as hell. Like, where the hell are the games that, where are the IPs, where, you know, yeah, Forza's great every year. Uh, we got Halo Wars 2, which was a solid game, but yeah, it's, where is everything? Well, it's crazy. So, I mean, to your point and what you're saying, right, it's the fact that, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't agree, is that we're still seeing the ripples of the original idea of what Xbox One was going to be, the metric years, right? Yes. Where it was, it's going to be the entertainment box, it's going to be Connect, it's going to be your TV, and that as soon as that happened and PlayStation was like, we're about gamers, that's when the, the switch got thrown. That's when Xbox started playing catch up and even Phil coming in, right? And saying, I'm here, we're going to talk about games, 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 games. It makes sense. And one of the, one of the people who wrote into games daily in the last two weeks brought up the fact of like, yeah, it sucks. The scale bounds canceled. It sucks. They're canceling. They cancel the fable game. It sucks that all this stuff happens, but those are still right. Decisions that need to be made. If you're Phil, right? You come in and these aren't the games we want. These aren't mm-hmm. the right things. They're tough decisions. They look bad optically. Be like, we cancel games. We got no first parties, but would you rather than put out shitty first party games? And it's like, that's a great point. And it is still that these things have been in production since the mat- metric era yes. or around that time yeah. where you take a chance and it's like, you need to be able to do it. And, but then it looks like what you're talking about where you can sputter and spin your wheels in the beginning, but then Sony clicked into gear. Right. And they were like, I Big mean, time. and talk about exclusives bloodborne, but then first party, it's like, okay, here's uncharted here. And then we start seeing the stuff of Spider-Man and God of war. And then the, suddenly you look out and it's like, not only does 2018 look good on the first few titles you know about that, you start looking further ahead of that. Of well, then you have Kojima and you have these other games that we don't have dates for, and you can see that there's a plan that's already announced and groundwork that's already laid. Whereas with Xbox, it is they're still trying to get the foundation down to build the house. And yeah. it feels the, like the third no, party totally partnerships right. as well that you're talking about because we're talking Destiny, yes. we're talking Star Wars Battlefront, we're talking yeah. Battlefield, we're talking Call of Duty. It's like Assassin's Creed is the only one that I think is more aligned with with uh, xbox right i don't remember there's a couple shadow war is uh, you know they got they got a bundle and they Mm. get but you know well you're even talking you're talking marketing i mean i was just going to add the 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 first party portfolio comparison is one thing but where i think the 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 nail is really being driven into the coffin a little bit is on the third party exclusives when when sony's signing Mm. up all these great japanese uh developed games and in most cases uh neo and um, uh, what was the other Nier. one from Nier, Thank Tomata. you, Near. Yeah, and then uh, even even smaller stuff like Final Fantasy XII Zodiac, uh, super recently. You know these games that are just not shipping on Xbox for whatever reason. We don't know Persona. the reason. Persona. Persona. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was actually the one I was searching for. It's like that's where it starts to go from like oh, okay, well they're for to like oh man, look at all these. It's just like game after game after game that's just not coming to your Xbox and that gets frustrating if you've invested $500 into an Xbox like where are these where are all these great games why are we not getting this stuff and you know Microsoft they they made a they had that in the original Xbox days in the 360 days Ninja Gaiden mm. I think the greatest action sure. game of all sure. time uh into the 360 era with uh Gears. with the Saka uh Sakaguchi you can't, no Mizuguchi sorry um for res no who am I, what the the, the uh, Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon. Um, Why am I blanking on his name? I feel I know, horrible now. No. Live on the air, just looking like a fool here. No, I'll look it up for you. I but know exactly. I'm right there Ms. with Walker you. Walker is, and I just can't think of the the, the developer's name. Uh, thank God Kevin's going to bail me out and or Greg at the same time. But anyway, uh, yeah, you had stuff like, and then any other things like uh, Tales of Vesperia was a 360 exclusive. 
uh, Eternal Sonata. Yeah. You know, you had this stuff, and yeah, it didn't it didn't do well in Japan because the Xbox ha- still doesn't and has never done well it's in Japan. Lost Odyssey, right? uh, yeah. Who who's studio? It's uh, Sakaguchi. That's the first one I said, right? Yeah. Yes. You <laughs> still got it. Save face. Uh, I can't imagine. But yeah, after 15 just, years, after 10, I'm like, I don't. I talked to these people in 2008. <laughs> I don't remember. And then on top of that, right from the go, this generation, uh, you've had Sony aggressively chasing all these indie developers from you know even Tim Shaver, Broken Age, and Day of the Tentacle, and Grim Fandango. These are games that are. And no offense, I love Tim to, to, to death, but these are not games that people are necessarily running out to buy PS4s for. Sure. But when you're when you're bringing in enough of those, and you're just saying to every developer, "Yeah, come come on, get your game on PlayStation," you suddenly like I did it. I did an exercise once, and you can go do it right now. If you look, I think there's it's on Wikipedia. It's like the list of if, how many. If you compare the number, the size of the libraries, the number of PlayStation 4 games to the number of Xbox One games, not saying, you know, it's not like they have 500 more amazing games, but they have like 500 more games or however many. It's a lot of games. And yeah. it's over time, it just adds up. And I think you're just seeing kind of the the, the unfortunate convergence of, of uh, Microsoft's first party situation is like the boiling point for a yeah. lot of fans, you know, because I'm sure they weren't. I doubt Phil was counting on Crackdown to be delayed. Like they, if they if they'd have still had Crackdown this holiday, I think that probably would have gone a long way towards towards. Uh, we have we're on, we're on the right course. We're we're making yeah, the decisions and, you want. I mean, the Fable thing. That's I was very critical of that from the beginning. I yeah. don't that the the direction that they took that they like they oriented the whole studio towards. Oh, like we need it needs to be a game as a service. Like no, Fable's awesome because just of make another what Fable, Fable yeah. is, but. You know, yeah, you're gonna have mistakes, mistakes and missteps, but uh, the delays compounded with the, the you know, the tough decisions. I'm, I'm sure Phil and Microsoft, like, they're not. I can't imagine they're surprised by the by the chatter on yeah. online and with the fans right now. Like, I'm sure they knew, like, okay, we're gonna have to take our lumps. This is gonna be pretty yeah, bad. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, they're, yeah, they have a they have a much more improved 2018 coming up. But you know. To your point, Greg, you know what's 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 past that? Because I think fans, the, the the hardcore fans that that Microsoft so wonderfully won over with the 360, uh, that that are now on those all those hardcore guys are mostly Sony guys now. Uh, they're getting tired of that that three franchise pillar, the, yeah. the Halo, Forza, Gears. Not that those are bad games at all, but you know, new stuff goes a long way when when. When Sony ships the order and it's mediocre, I won't call it a bad game. I actually like. I finished it and I love the story. I love the characters. Uh, there, there was a lot to like about that game, but yeah, that game kind of stumbles. It's like a six, right? Something yeah. like that. Sony can totally absorb that because they've got nine other first-party games, and you've got Horizon that comes out and it's a nine point five, and you've got you know you've got Uncharted Lost Legacy, super solid, and Last of Us Two in the pipe, but. So effectively, they have a margin for error. Mm-hmm. Microsoft has no margin for error. So when Crackdown is pushed and Scalebound's canceled and Fable Legends is almost to release and then they go, ah, let's cancel this. It just, they don't have, they can't say, well, we've got 17 other games coming. 
Don't worry about it, fans. It's, there's no margin for error, and it's tough for them. Jumping off that, uh, Marius Peterson says, do you think the Xbox exclusives we've seen so far were planned when Don Matrick was in charge and the Phil Spencer ones are just not ready yet? Well, they're all Phil Spencer ones because Phil, before he took the job as head of Xbox, was running Microsoft Game Studios. He was the first-party guy. So I, 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 I think it's a bit of a moot question, honestly. They're so all attached it's to all Phil. It's yeah. all Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether now... Of course, we don't know. Maybe Phil was trying to sign stuff, and maybe Matrick was saying, nah, and so like, nah, stick to this little budget. Screw you. We need to tighten our belts here. I don't know that. So, um, but yeah, you know, this stuff all gets laid out years in advance. The, the question now is where are, where are the first party studios that aren't the Gears Factory, Halo Factory, and Forza Factory? Sure. And what will they make? So yeah. that's and that's where my editorial kind of came yeah. from. Like, a, you know, of course, the NeoGaf thread was was a shit show. People were like, oh, this list is stupid. Well, I said that at the bottom. I was like, yeah, this is a dumb exercise. But uh, my thinking behind that was, in a semi-realistic world, who could I go to as the head of Xbox to say, let's get a let's what can I do? to get us, you know, new Splinter Cell game that's maybe a timed exclusive on our console spun up. What can I do to what I, what IP am I sitting on like holy shit, I've got I got Mech Warrior back here. I've got Crimson Skies. People love that. Let me find a studio to spin this stuff up. Sure. That's where I was coming from with well, my I mean, piece. it's the thing about it and this is what I've been talking about on all the shows in the past 2 weeks when this comes up is the fact that I wonder openly on these shows like the fact that there's not more first party stuff revealed that are that's awesome as this and is it that they've not conceded the ground but like this is who we are this generation so let's worry about what happens with xbox 2 let's worry about let's get all those games to go so when we come out and announce that you can say here's your launch lineup and here's the first year and you can see these 10 similar to switch right of like hey we're launching with zelda then you're going to get splatoon 2 then you're going to get mario and you have these tent poles to go around but it's also the fact that Xbox One right now, and it's always funny how this happens because y'all, it's the same time as a flat circle, reminds me so much of PS3. Because, like, you know, with your career being Xbox, my career has been PlayStation. Yep. And when we were PS3 and PlayStation 3 and Sony are just taking it on the chin over and over again, that's what made Beyond is that it was we were the hardcore, downtrodden, all the ports suck here, but we <laughs> like it because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And Xbox One, now granted, is doing so much better than the PlayStation 3 was, is doing so well, period. But what I love about Phil is that he's all about games and that he talks about this mm-hmm. and he's open about it. But I love all the quality of life stuff that happens where it is backwards compatibility is awesome. Uh, the game's library, uh, uh, game's pass, game pass is awesome. Yeah, the, I, I had forgotten about it till the guy who wrote in today on Kind of Funny Games Daily, the Thursday episode for you watching later, was talking about the design labs for the controllers is awesome. Yeah, it's great. There's so much cool the shit there. Controller, yeah. Exactly. The exactly. They're, they're doing a thing that I was talking about this on Unlock the other day. They won't get any credit for this, but they unveiled at the at their Gamescom thing uh, a data transfer feature where it's like if you're getting a second Xbox in your house, in this case the inference being an X, that you don't have to download everything again and crush your bandwidth cap and or wait longer. Like use your home network and just move all your stuff, co- well, copy all your stuff yeah. from your Xbox that you have now over to the X. It's like that's a that's a just such a a little relatively small scale user quality yeah. you know, uh, quality of life feature that they won't get any credit for but that's awesome and they can I mean, like and, you know i was talking about it with andrea a couple shows ago about how i saw you know my xbox one's my exclusive machine so it doesn't get turned on all that often but when i turned it on for tacoma 
I was like, oh my God, I forgot how much I hate this interface and blah. And then like the next day, they're like, here's what the new interface looks like. Changed. We yeah. we are working on it. We're on, like, they're so, they have so much goodwill for their fans. And I feel like from everybody at large that everybody wants them to succeed and come out and be like, this is what it is. And I wonder if it's going to be a PS3 situation. Again, to my, is it going to be an Xbox Two thing where it's like, hey, here, everything you loved about that you've loved or seen that people love about Xbox One is there at Xbox Two, but here are these games to make you do it. Here are the partnerships. Here is our exclusive Marvel game that somebody there I fucking hope is yeah. doing. You know what I mean? Cause, <laughs> and even if it was that Avengers one from Crystal that still that no one's ever really, yeah. I don't think, confirmed. I mean, that would be huge. Yeah. It's funny though, because it's, it's not a Wii U situation. You know? Oh, no. Like, it's not like the Xbox One is doing great. And again, it goes back to it. Like, number two is still above a lot of other people and they're doing very very well yeah and uh but with the switch like i don't think that the the xbox 2 theory is i don't think i don't think so either because i think they understand that like we need to get games out and we need to have cool shit and we need to have great announcements and i think they are constantly always moving towards that i don't think that's really what's happening but it's an interesting thing to tinker 32-bit player says what are the key reasons why gamers would be attracted to the xbox platform as a nintendo and sony guy all my life i'm curious I mean, I think that they've they've really added a lot of great stuff to Xbox Live as far as playing online with your friends. Uh, they have the the clubs thing where you can get a, a big group of like, say, uh, all my old high school buddies. Let's form a club on Xbox. Uh, they have which, and then if you're playing a game, you know, uh, uh, like Sea of Thieves or something, then mm-hmm. then you can you, you know one of your buddies can just jump right in. One of like you know, if there's a hundred people in the group and they're like, oh, we've got three in here. Let's, we need, just need one more. Like, oh, somebody from our, our, our club will hop in. Uh, so they've done stuff like that. They've, uh, there's a lot of great online features that unfortunately they've had to fix what hadn't been broken. Like they fucked it up real bad at the start of the generation. Like the whole online interface party chat was broken and all this stuff, but they've now fixed all that. Everything was, Everything was slow because it was like pinging a server to do everything. And they've, re- as you said, Greg, they've redone yeah. the OS a couple of times. Yeah. They brought the guide button functionality back from 360, which should have never gone away in the first place. So it really is a, it's a pretty user-friendly uh, experience, particularly online. So there's, there's a lot to like there, uh, I think. Okay. I'm desperately trying to pull up uh, the question here because uh, yeah. the guy who wrote in today a- a- answers that question. Where he, uh, he wrote in under the, the username another Xbox, not apologist, but like fan or something. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, yes, another Xbox advocate. And so he was saying here, uh, da, 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 da. He, everything I talked about in terms of what they're doing. Uh, in closing, if a friend said they wanted to join the current console generation, they could only buy one console. My first response to them would be to check out the the Sony f- exclusives first, past, current, and future. If those excite you, purchase a PS4. If you're more interested in playing third-party games or have the means of owning both systems, my recommendation would buy an Xbox One or S or X for the majority of your gaming. There are some big advantages to using the Xbox as the primary system and PS4 as an exclusives machine that many people are missing out on. Because he's talking about the fact that, you know, like Xbox has been all about the games, right? So he's talking about, well, the graphical enhancements may be a game changer for everyone. If Microsoft wants to stand behind their statement that this is the best platform to play games on, they also need to have the hardware option to play the best things and go that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that checks out for me entirely. And I was making this argument on Games Daily, but the Xbox One X, I think, is just horribly misunderstood. And I think that people are making a bigger D out of it uh, for headlines and just for the, the conversation. I don't think that it needs a launch game. I don't think that it not having crackdown this holiday season is going to affect it at all. It's going to sell like there's a question in here. Um, oh, sorry. Let me find it real quick. Well, I mean, it's already selling so well. Yeah. In terms of yeah, pre-orders, pre-orders right? are just about gone. Yeah. Um, 
It, okay. Hamza Ah says, is the price of the Xbox One X justified by the fact that it has impressive internals, or would you rather they made it less powerful and cheap? Xbox One X pre-orders went quick, and with 100-plus supported games, do you think its launch will be more successful than the Pro? There's a lot going in there. One, I don't think the price uh, is wrong at all. It's totally justified. This thing is a beast of a machine. Uh, two, no, it shouldn't be less powerful and more cheap. The point of this is it being a premium device for people who want the premium experience and will it be more successful than Pro? No, it's going to be as successful as the Pro. That There's a group of people that are interested in these types of machines, and I think that both Microsoft and Sony understand what that marketplace is, and that's just an easy sell to them, and they can just talk about how pretty their games look, and that's all that the mainstream audience needs to know. Yeah, I think if, if anything else, if, or if nothing else, the, the X exists to change the narrative on Xbox One from, you know, from maybe you've heard from your friend from, you know, when the systems first launched four years ago, like, oh, the, the Xbox, that's, that's, that one's not as powerful, right? Like, no, the, the X is there to the most flip the script on that. Because that is the line they've been beating you over the head with to death, and it's true. Uh, my thing from the get-go has been, which I've caught a ton of shit for, uh, is, is it 500, like, so yeah, it's $500. That's a lot of money. That's the same price as the Xbox One when it originally launched with a Kinect. I'm not debating that the, the thing's not powerful. It's obviously powerful. The question is, for me, is it worth the extra $100 over buying a PS4 Pro? If I'm in the market for the step-up console, am I going to get my extra $100 worth? Uh, and, and I had wondered, well, are PS4s the market leader? Buy a, a definitive long shot. Will third parties go the extra mile to take advantage mm. of that extra hundred dollars mm. worth of power because if they don't and there's a business case to be made that they would why would they you've got 60 million plus people on ps4 4. and that in that ecosystem versus you know whatever it is 30 or 40 something on uh on xbox one are you basically just buying or, or what is what you're effectively going to get when it comes down to the games is a ps4 pro yeah for a hundred dollars more and what I have learned since, and what there's more and more evidence coming out now, is that no, the, the X is actually so smartly designed by Microsoft that even if a developer doesn't uniquely code anything, the box actually will automatically be bumping things up and mm, doing mm, a lot mm. of the work on its own to push it past PS4 Pro level. That's very interesting. And so if that bears out, which again, there, there's been, particularly with Gamescom happening, there's they were showing a lot of Xbox One X stuff, both first party and third party. If that proves to be the case, then I will sort of, I will kind of rest my case. And, and it's not, not that I'm, it's not, I'm not against the Xbox One X. It's just like $500 is a lot of money. Am I going to get that $500 yeah. worth? And uh, it's looking more and more like, the answer is yes, and that's great if uh, if that is what proves to be true. Have you had your hands on one yet? I've played it, yeah, a couple times. I uh, played Assassin's Creed Origins yeah. on there, E3, which is right? fantastic. I uh, played Super Lucky's Tale, of all things, on it uh, at E3, which was still, it was a really rough build at E3, and it looks like from watching Gamescom footage, it's totally cleaned up, which I knew it obviously would. Um but uh, you haven't played too much on it yet. I'm still, I'm still not buying one. I don't have a PS4 Pro either. Yeah. I have vanilla PS4, vanilla Xbox One, only because uh, for me, if I'm going to do it, 
in either way, I want the 4K TV to go with it. I don't have a 4K TV yet. They're getting cheaper. There's this TCL P-Series that's uh, 600 bucks. But it's still, you know, when you throw tax in on both, you got, so you're talking 650 for the TV. TV. Uh, you're talking 550 for an Xbox One with tax. So, you know, you're, it's, it's not, an investment. It's, it's not yeah, an yeah. insignificant amount of money. Cause, and I know it's like, yes, the X does have benefits down, you know, super, down sample, super sampled image, but I'm not paying $500 unless I'm getting the full 4K benefit. So, and, and that's been me from the beginning with like PlayStation 4 last year, PS4 Pro last year, where I was just like, <laughs> I'm not getting this. Like, I, it's just, I'm, if you want it, go get it. Yeah. I can't, when I have two PS4s at home that both work great and the games look great yep. and I don't have a 4K TV I, and I'm also not a graphics whore like that, I'm just like, not that I'm, I, that sounds like I'm insulting you. I'm a trophy horse or whatever. I'm just saying I don't, I don't care about graphics on that level where I'm like, I'm going to go to bat and spend all this money for it. I am, and I do, and I and bought did. Uh, OLED TV, and the I got a yeah. PlayStation 4 Pro for the, all these reasons, and it is stunning. It yeah, is absolutely. Horizon is amazing. Just, I, it's unbelievable to look yeah. at. Having said all that, playing Horizon in 1080p on a PlayStation 4 is just as stunning and amazing and it's i love the P playstation 4 pro and i do stand by and i think that it's like yeah it's perfect for the people that want it it is not necessary yeah. at all it is a minor bump up in the grand scheme of things because of the level of graphics that we already have like it's not what i remember even um going from 480 to 720 it's not even from 720 to 1080 like i feel like like looking at these games as beautiful as they are it in my experience, at least, I would be fine playing Horizon on my old TV instead of my new one. However, playing it on my new one, I'm just like, it's stupid how good it looks. And yeah. it's like, that is just that little extra, it's kind of the, the all caps version of a sentence where it's just like, it's still the same thing. It's just a lot more of it. And then your favorite game you're playing right now is fucking on a tiny little screen and it's Sonic Mania? like it's 16 bit. Uh, I'll have you know, I first beat Sonic Mania on my PlayStation 4 Pro. My apologies. <laughs> How much better did it look than your Switch? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. None. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I'm really going to be curious. You know, Microsoft has been cool about they're, they're doing 4K updates for Forza Horizon 3, for Halo 5, for Gears 4. Those are going to look great, no doubt. I can't wait to see the next wave that are built for it like right uh and i'm like halo 6 should hopefully look amazing uh gears 5 further down the road probably but i tell you the, the game that i actually really can't wait to see on an xbox one x on a kick-ass 4k tv state of the k2 ori and the will of the Wisps. oh my god oh, ori. No, you're right. like that might be the one to break me if i haven't already picked up the tv and the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah i mean yeah that's that game stunning yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean on the playstation 4 pro side like playing uncharted lost legacy this is my first uncharted game uh with the the pro obviously um but uncharted 4 beautiful this game i i don't know but i would imagine it's there was too much more in lighting and all the differences to make it look better than uncharted 4 on the PS4 Pro and in OLED, it's stunning. Yeah. There was so many times, and I do this in any Uncharted game, but there's so many times I would just stop and just turn the camera around just yeah, to yeah, like yeah. see everything. It was like, wow, I can't believe video games look this good. Yeah. Um, Style 65 says, will we see any Xbox One X only games? And if so, how soon? Uh, eventually, it we have to. I mean, Sony has, they've I think they have, they did publicly say like, we're going to, do a new generation, right? Or is that just a thing we're all still assuming? I think we're all assuming. I don't still think they assuming. said that. Because, I, yeah. I mean, Microsoft is, has 
they're the ones that said, eh, we want to get rid of generations. Eventually, you were talking about it earlier, Tim, with with the uh, with smartphones. Mm-hmm. There is a cutoff where eventually you're going to have apps that just can't run on older hardware. Yeah. So, um, I for me, the sooner the better because the X clearly has a ton of power in it, and the sooner that games can stop having to be coded for uh, the you know one point whatever one point eight teraflop. Xbox yeah. One and can be coded for the six teraflop Xbox One X, the the better looking and more incredible experiences we're gonna get. It's I'm sure it's gonna be. I really think Microsoft's conditioning, trying to condition us to think smartphone and think shorter, shorter uh, upgrade cycle. So I I bet you within two years we'll have our first announced X Xbox One X required game. Have they said that they're going to, because I mean, PlayStation's whole thing has been there won't ever be a PlayStation 4 Pro only game. That'll always be back and And forth. that's what Microsoft has said too, but okay. if they Microsoft said it in a much more definitive way, way okay. where they do their whole, the Expo, what do they call beyond it? Beyond Generations, yeah, beyond I think generations. is what they said. Everything's playable yeah, on but all if, the things. But if you, yeah, you got you to cut it off some at some point and you got to move to the future. But do you truly believe that? I know that's their intention, and I know that that is uh, the ideal world of we don't need Generations. It is just smartphone-esque updates where there's the cutoff. Or do you think that the Xbox One X is just like a PlayStation 4 Pro and there will just be a next generation I mean, Xbox that gets yeah, rid of this whole thing? Because I think that's what's going to happen. That's hard to say. I mean, the I could see maybe it won't happen until whatever the next upgrade after X is. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be like, okay, well, the new, the new, the new floor here is the X. Yeah, like we're, sure. So we're, we're, we'll be slowly phasing out the, the Xbox One S. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, if whether they're, whether they're going to have a new generation or not, they're got, they got to wipe it clean. And I, if they're, we got to take them at their word for now that the generations are gone. So there won't be an Xbox four. Uh, therefore we're just going to have to, it'll, it'll just be the iterative thing. So they're just going to have to. I, I think they'll they'll hear it from devs. It'll be yeah. There's got, eventually the developers are going to be like, I can't Microsoft, make you. We can't, yeah, I can't, I can't make this game on PC. Port it to Xbox One X and have it yeah. run on Xbox One. It'll even be, it would probably even be first party developers. It'd be like three four three in the coalition and turn ten coming to them and be going like, look, we want to, we really want to push this, but we're there's only so much we can do when we've got to we've got to hang back on uh, on the old hardware, yeah. and that's what's going to push it forward. I think. I yeah. I still. I know they're saying beyond generations. I think there still has to be. This is the next Xbox. Like I mean, period. This is where yeah, we go. I I really think that as again uh, that sounds ideal to to move there. I don't think until PlayStation and Microsoft are ready to make that commitment on this is the model for game consoles from here on out. I just don't think that it can work. Well, it also presents a huge marketing challenge for Microsoft if Sony comes out in two years and says, or maybe three tops, and says, PlayStation 5, here we go, guys. That's, again, you go right to the mindshare of your average video game buyer who's buying Madden GTA and their, their handful of games a year. Uh, all those same, pe- same people that were won over by PS4 this generation, like, what is Microsoft going to say? Uh, well, yeah, our, our thing is, uh, it still works with all the old stuff, like, the messaging on that's going to be really, really hard if, if they're way, really, yeah. if they're truly committed to ditching generations, then they're, it's it's going to be a, a tough sell for them trying to convince people, no matter how powerful their hardware is, that it's like no, it's still 
it's not a generational thing, but it's still more powerful and you should totally buy it. Like that's, that will be a difficult challenge. Not 100%. impossible, but difficult. Uh, Jack Martin says with PlayStation holding the lead this generation, what can Xbox do to reclaim the top spot next generation? PS unlocked is fantastic. Thank you. I like this guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really there. I think they're everything we've been talking about with the, the X, uh, sort of trying to flip the script on the whole, uh, on any, on any narrative of, Oh, the Xbox is underpowered compared to the PlayStation. You've got the X, You've got this new operating system. It's quick. It's more versatile. You've got all these uh, friendly user features coming in, like clubs and groups that we were talking about. So they, they've laid a lot of the building blocks. If they can get the games, the exclusive games coming, first party, third party, whatever, then they've got as good a chance as anything. Because you know, you could say we saw, you know, Sony's got an insurmountable lead. Well, yeah, this generation, absolutely, but. Look at last generation. The 360 was the king, and look what happened this generation. You know, it, and it went back. The PS2 was was god among consoles. Microsoft comes in. We got our Xbox 360, and they got so many developers on board, and they had so many great online user features. It's like the Matrix. Every time who's on top splits, gets humbled. Man. Yeah, you yeah. get humbled, and you come back hungry, and you come back fierce. I mean, look at the Wii U was a goddamn disaster. Yeah. I never bought I was never even tempted once to buy a Wii U and I was I'm a day one switch buyer and I love it. Yeah. And it, yeah, you just I guess sometimes maybe you don't need the humble pie, but it works. It yeah, does you get knocked down work. and you make all these choices that actually make sense. And that's what's already interesting watching PlayStation this generation seemingly go from we're on the ground with you, it's Shu and Adam with a funny video to then their E three is nobody on stage, just games, just AAA games, just yeah. and then it, it's that weird thing of like, are you I'm getting scared. Are you the PlayStation of old coming back? Where now you <laughs> are you think you're too big to fail and you can do anything? And then like what does that mean for VR and all these things you, you adopted and are those things dead to you now? Mm. Who knows? Mm. Uh, Hoy Hoy Jake says, when is Microsoft going to let studios take a break from major worn out franchises like Halo Gears and try new IP like Sony, Horizon, and The Last of Us? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a valid question. Those franchises continue to make Microsoft money, but franchise fatigue is real. Look at Assassin's Creed. It finally, mm -hmm. it kind of started to peter out. They took a year off. Now they've come back and uh, we're actually doing a month of exclusive coverage on IGN right now with IGN First. And we had done an IGN first on Syndicate two years ago, and our numbers are like double what they for this IGN first so far. It's not even over yet of what they were for our for our IGN first with Syndicate two years ago. I know that's like not concrete evidence of any sort, but it's an indication for us. And so, yeah, you look if if Sony had had a policy had sort of set their studios up the way Microsoft has, we never would have got Horizon. You know, we might not have got some of the, you know, uh, The Last of Us. We mm -hmm. might not have gotten that. So um, it sure would be nice if if Microsoft would uh, let their developers play around in, in ideally a new universe. But then again, every developer that that signs on the dotted line to go work at the Coalition or three, they know what they're getting into. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, it's it's a tough thing for them to, it's a tough job to try and keep it fresh and awesome every single time. I mean, it's, if that's going to be their strategy, they've got to have either second-party stuff or third-party stuff or start sprouting other first-party studios to, to uh, generate new, new IP. Like, it's, you can't 
we're seeing now. We're seeing what happens when when some of the other things fall apart and they've just got the pillars and people are kind of like, oh, what else do you have? Yeah. And that fe- uh, for me as an outsider to it, in, but I, somebody who just loves games and loves exclusives and loves like, you know, people, I, I, you know, for me, it's always the argument of like, Naughty Dog games get to be so incredible because they only have to wear out one platform and they only they get to make it important yep. and they know exactly what they're making for and it's great. I'd love to see Microsoft invest again in first party studios and have all these different ones that are making, because I feel like, when you think about the pillars being there, if they're surrounded by little sprouts and all this different stuff, it's n- it, it doesn't seem as barren. It doesn't seem like, oh my god, another Halo. But when it just right. is Halo, Gears, Forza, that's all you get, and that's all they can hang their hat on, it gets rough. That's what With we were the, talking about earlier, where it's like, the, you know, the, the order stumbles, but yeah, you've, got, exactly. you've got these other stuff. games all coming from first party, and it's you don't even sweat it if yeah. you're a fan. With, uh, with Naughty Dog, do you know off the top of your head which of the PS3 Naughty Dog games sold the most? I don't. Do you know? Like, just I do oh. know. But oh. like, guess what? Which one would you think it was? Uncharted two. We're talking about. I'm sorry. So you said PS3 games. Mm-hmm. So Uncharted yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. and no. Last. And last I'll bet it's Uncharted three because there was just more. The install base was higher, and Last of Us was so right at the end. I know it sold very well. I would go Uncharted three. I would. I would jump to Uncharted three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Last of Us. It was Last of Us. Nice. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was Last of Us. That, that doesn't was, include PS4 numbers. That we're just talking about PS3. Uh, yeah. No, I looked up best-selling okay. PS3 games because I was interested uh, going into this from that question where I was like, I mean, did it pay off for them? Like, I'm sure I know Last of Us did well, but it's like, why wouldn't they just be an Uncharted machine? I was like, well, they're doing Last of Us Part Two. So then I looked up and I found that shocking, but it's like that is also. Uh, a good thing for this kind of idea and then seeing well, Horizon is, like I don't know where Horizon compares to Killzone but I'd be willing to bet it's much higher no. well, as a you and know, it has a future which Killzone yeah. had had you know sputtered out it hung out it hung on too long that was always the thing for the longest time with PlayStation that I found refreshing was the fact their first parties to tilled the land and replanted with something else. And you want to talk about just Naughty Dog. I mean, you know, from Crash to Jack to Uncharted to Last of Us. And for a while, there was like nice cutoffs in, in terms of generations. But then like now it's a little bit more bleed, but it doesn't matter because, all right, cool, go in and reinvest and do something different. And that's why like it's the end of Nathan Drake's story. and They, they do uh, Lost Legacy and people are like, well, maybe there could be. I'm fine with you doing more Uncharted. Don't get me wrong, but let's let that rest. Let's have Last of Us now be your pillar of that and go do another new idea and come back to it at PS5 at something else. That's why I love... Let people miss it. I adore Sony for uh, for Quantic Dream. Yeah. Like fun... Like sure. You give give this auteur like three to five years to to just go dream up whatever interactive story he wants to make. Yeah. Yeah, And it's just like, you know, that's awesome of them. I'm not sure what other publishers would do that and that's why it's so interesting with quantic right that they're not first party they're second party yeah. they do all these things but it is they have this relationship with sony of like all right cool here's this money yeah. go make something cool and it's all like right, you we'll know be back. yeah and and beyond two souls was was not great but it's like now i'm i mean i'm crazy excited for detroit it's, oh, it's detroit actually looks amazing it's probably my most personally anticipated ps4 game right yeah. now mm-hmm. like i've loved it the last two e3s i've played it yeah it's fantastic Chuck Sips says, any chance of a Quantum Break sequel? And if not, will the next Remedy game be Xbox exclusive? No and no, unfortunately. Uh, did, you, did you like Quantum Break? I liked it a lot. I it, dug Quantum Break yeah, so much. I, mean, I had such a great time with that game. I, I think it was, so Remedy is a studio that I was very sad to see their partner, their second party affiliation with Microsoft end. They, their entire track record was great games. I mean, it wasn't many games. They took a long time, but their stuff was great. Not just good, great. And I think Quantum Break was very good. It wasn't great, but it was very good. It was like the, it was just the least awesome of the Remedy games. 
But I so appreciated the, you know, like I was just saying with with uh, Quantic Dream, I so appreciated the whole, like, let them try something new with this whole blending in live action TV yeah. episodes that react to to what you're doing in the game. And I actually loved it. I, I love playing for like whatever it was, half an hour, an hour, and then sitting back and watching a 20 minute yep. TV episode. Agreed. I love that. The last boss fucking sucked in that game. It's just a terribly overwrought, poorly designed encounter. That, that was a it's little finger like floating it, with all the stuff yeah, and you're was, running around. It was <laughs> I, that was a just terrible. Uh, and I'm I, I was surprised because I was like, Remedy's better than this. Yeah. What is this? But uh, really like the game, but the problem is uh, they really, right after that game shipped, they came out and said, we're moving on, we're splitting into two teams, we're going to go multi-platform, our next game is uh, P7, codenamed for Project 7 of theirs, so uh, no, it does, it does not appear that uh, they will be an exclusive, but you guys, uh, Remedy, will be shipping their first PS4 game, or Place, just let's call it PlayStation game because God only knows when it'll <laughs> come long out. It'll take. But uh, yeah, there, that's that that partnership seems to have uh, ended for now. And and I'm not saying I'm not saying like Microsoft's horrible for doing that because for all I know, it was Remedy that said, "Hey, this has been great, but we'd like to. We're a small studio. We'd like to explore, you know, the bigger, the bigger market. You know, so don't don't blame anybody or don't look at it. But it's just that's the reality. Is they're going to be uh, multi-platform now." Luke Strain says, on IGN, you brought up how many old IPs Microsoft should bring back. Shouldn't they focus on starting new IPs instead? That's an excellent question. I would argue that those old IPs are new IPs at this point. They're things people love that have not been explored in years, whether it's MechWarrior or Mech Assault, and it was the specific one I referenced, because actually MechWarrior Mech 5 is being made for PC. But anyway, you know, MechWarrior or Crimson Skies, or uh, I mean, I've called out to want to see Fable come back in a in the proper Fable Traditional way. Fable, yeah. So yeah, new IPs are great. I'm all for them. But Microsoft is sitting on a handful of really really good properties that they've just done nothing with for a long long time. So and, and having a little bit of name recognition like that, like to have a Crimson Skies come out but not be what you've known before, but right. also be a name you recognize helps it, right? Sunset Overdrive comes out. And it's fun and cool and beautiful and different and new. And there's not an install base yet. And it kind of goes nowhere. My, my, I voted for that game for IGN's Game of the Year in 2014. Very sad it didn't win. That game's awesome. If you if you maybe are just picking up an Xbox One or you're going to grab a uh, grab one this holiday, whether it's you know the X or you're just going to grab the... Inevitably, there'll be like a $200 Xbox One S bundle. Do yourself a favor, especially... Most of your audience are Sony fans. They're, yeah. they're PlayStation people. It's Insomniac. Uh, Sunset Overdrive is so good. Yeah. It's one of the best games on the Xbox, period. Alexander so Gates says, hell yeah, you're awesome, Ryan. Do you think Aww. there's even the slightest chance we'll get a Sunset Overdrive 2? No. That ship sailed. I mean, because I, you know, the, from all accounts, I'm sure the whole studio is oriented onto Spider-Man right now. I don't know that for a fact, but I would imagine... With first party money, first party backing, it's clearly a big budget game. Uh, my hunch, my gut would tell me that that there is a Spider-Man two already in pre-production or will be very soon. So that if if this thing takes off, because obviously Spider-Man is finding new life uh, on the big screen now after mm -hmm. you know now that it's part of the the MCU, 
And if this game does well and is good and, and sells well, I've got to figure Insomniac and Sony are going to partner up for at least one more game, one more uh, sequel on the game side. Agreed. Yeah. Arajoy says, what's the viability of an Xbox One portable console? Nintendo Switch is a hit but lacks the third-party support. Microsoft has the opportunity to come back big by releasing a handheld capable of running the same Xbox One software as the S and X. Lacking new getaway innovative IP success this generation. Microsoft is in a hard place. Microsoft has the best platform features among the competition. And with Xbox Play Anywhere, why don't they try some unique hardware where Sony is not competing? If uh, that ship sailed a long, long time ago, (laughs) uh, not only, you know, they're... Sony failed with the with the PSP and then the Vita. I know you can argue if it's a failure or not, but, it but I mean, this it's is, gone today. Let's put it that way. It's similar to what we're arguing yeah. about. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Don't so worry. Gonna... Uh, they, they you're fighting Nintendo uh, and more to the point. Now you're fighting smartphones. Why? Th- that is a battle you almost certainly cannot win, even with Microsoft's resources. So, no, I, I think the. Uh, the X-Boy ship sailed a long, long time ago. Uh, and then final question for you comes from Chris Brown. All right. Hopefully not like the, the singer? Chris Brown. Uh, this poor guy. <laughs> every time his name comes up on Kind of Funny Games Daily, uh, the other host makes this joke, I'm too. So sorry. Like, so sorry. It's ruined. Um, having worked at one of the industry's biggest magazines, followed by IGN, what was the biggest difference between the two? Oh, magazine and website? Oh, man, it's it's night and day. I mean, it's... Uh, it's there was... We were just putting a, th- a product out into the world, and then there was no instant feedback as <laughs> to what we would do, which was kind of nice, honestly. Like, I guess the difference is, the biggest difference is probably that it was just a, even though we were reaching, at our peak, OXM was, I think, 425,000 subscribers, uh, which may seem, I guess, probably people probably think, oh, that's nothing, because, like, big websites get millions of hits a day, but... Uh, those are people paying. Yeah, paying customers. And I guess the biggest difference is it was just a it was a smaller world back then in kind of every sense like it was it was me and the OXM team which it was 7 of us. So it was basically just 7 of us every month making a thing and putting it out there on the fourth week working hard at the at the end of that four weeks the crunch week especially and and we were covering one platform. Like now at IGN, like, yeah, you know, I host our Xbox show and I kind of lead the way on Xbox stuff, but I'm, I'm covering other things. I'm worrying about, are we getting that Mario Odyssey preview? Are we getting that Uncharted Lost Legacy coverage we need? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got my eye on everything now instead of just one platform. And part of me misses, I mean, there, there's so many games now on even any one platform that covering everything would be almost impossible. Like there's, there's, there's probably anywhere from, six to 12 ID at Xbox games that get released every single week on Xbox. And it's like almost a running gag on unlocked where we read them and we're like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I kind of miss, there's definitely a part of me that misses the days when I just focused on Xbox and it was, and we hit, like we took pride in covering everything, every little game, big or small. So it's like, that's why I have, I have 15 years of just this treasure trove of Xbox knowledge in my head, which is awesome. And I, yeah, I, I kind of miss, miss those days where now I'm, you know, I mean, it's great that I, I get paid to, to, I can go play Mario as part of my job, and that's amazing. But there was, uh, 
the simpler time of like just all Xbox all day. Yeah, and was, you knew everything. I mean, I remember when fun. we when we were doing the PlayStation team at IGN. That's what it was. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. And I remember every when we started Beyond, you go in there and me, Roper, Dunham, and Jeff and Clements in those early days. Everyone knew every game, and we knew all about it. And we had all played it, and let's have a conversation. And yeah. now it is, yeah, the same thing. Kind of funny games daily. If you yeah. read the PS Store update, and it's the fucking 15 games that have gone up on PSN. I'm like, this name sucks. I don't even know what this game is. All these different things. It's just too much happening. Yeah, the now. world, the world's a bigger place, which is both good and bad, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's cool that I get the instant feedback and being the Xbox guy at IGN has afforded me a, you know, relatively large social media following, uh, you know, but then the bad of course too is again, not only can I not focus on just one thing, but you know, I get the most people that tweet me and things are super nice, but the, you the, Xbox, the, the you sad, fanboy. The, that's the you know the sad part of human nature is you get that one shitty tweet yeah. from that one person, and it just sticks in your craw all day. And the other fifty nice things just just are gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. oh man. So there was uh, the you know social media is a blessing and a curse. So there was you know back in the OXM days when none of that existed, there was uh, there was something a little nice about that too. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you for joining us. This has been. Fantastic. Can I Let plug a couple things? Plug oh, everything. Plug everything. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's what guests get to do. That's Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the thing I'm most proud of at IGN that I would I would love for people to check out. And this applies whether you're a PlayStation fan, any any fan of any platform. I do a long-form interview show once a month and it's called awesome. IGN Unfiltered. And it's super inside baseball. It's basically it's you know, I've had Cliff Blazinski on there. I've had Jack Trenton on mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had, uh, I guess, 20, 20 something people on there at this point. And it's an app between usually an hour, an hour and a half conversation. And it's just like a Charlie Rose type thing where it's let's start at the beginning. You know, how'd you get into games? And it's just a walk through their whole career. Because for me, I find I find the people behind the games to be often as interesting or more interesting than the games themselves. Or even just hearing crazy stories of how some of the like behind the scenes thing that happened in the making of some legendary game. So that comes out once a month. I've got uh, the August issue or August episode. <laughs> eh? you got me on magazine thoughts now. <laughs> the August episode coming right in under the wire of August. It's going to be next week. It's a person you all know and you'll all want to hear from. Uh, so do check that. It's on. You grab it on iTunes or on YouTube as well. Um, super proud of that. And then is it on youtube.com slash IGN? It's yeah. You just if you just search for if type in IGN unlocked, that's probably the best way to to find it. And unfiltered. then IGN unfiltered, right? God, yeah. Been been talking for a long time. Yes, unfiltered. And also check out <laughs> IGN unlocked. That one has its own YouTube channel. Is uh, youtube.com slash IGN unlocked. But uh, then the other thing, yeah, my my insane little side project. I've always been a car guy. I had a DeLorean for many years. I don't anymore, but now uh, Tesla is my new obsession. They are doing crazy, incredible things at 50 minutes from here. And uh, I love them. And I decided my wife got sick of hearing me talk about it all the time around the house. So I said, you know what? I can channel this into a podcast. Uh, so I, I started a Tesla podcast two years ago called Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. And it has strangely found its quite its own little community. And uh, I'm on Patreon. I'm not, I'm not asking anybody for money, but... Uh, I would love for you to check it out. Maybe you'll get hooked on it and eventually want to support me on Patreon. Uh, so if you go to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, there's links to, to everything you need right there. So if you're interested in cars and specifically Teslas. Every time I see Tesla, I think you. 
Every time I, I, get I see Elon Musk, I see Marketing. stories. You must see think of things. me all the time. I do because it's everywhere, everywhere around it's San awesome. Francisco. They're <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Happy this has to been be here. Excellent show. Excellent. You see what I did there? I fucking love it. Hey, until next week. I love you. See you. Then. He meant for Xbox. I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>